0: Welcome to Dubai Fashion News, the podcast where you can get to know everything about the fashion industry. Here we will interview fashion designers, influencers, models, photographers, shop owners, you name it. And what for? To learn their insights, their stories, and the lessons they learn along the way. I'm your host, Araceli Gallego, recording from beautiful Dubai this podcast. Today's guest is Kelly Lundberg. Kelly Lundberg is a celebrity stylist, author of two books, one on entrepreneurship called Success in the City and the other on styling called How to Become a Personal Stylist. On top of all the writing and styling, she's the creator of the styling agency and academy called Style Me Divine. With the courses of Kelly Lundberg, you get a 12-month program learning not only how to style, but also how to make it a profitable business. Stay put, don't go anywhere. The interview starts right now.
1: Kelly how are you lovely chatting to you <laughs> I'm very good I'm very good um, It's a great way to start a, a great way to start a week
0: yes it's true it's very true I have a question a key question that most probably you get all the time what uh-huh. is a style how can we define style some people just have it some others don't how can we define it
1: I mean, style is not just the clothes that you wear. So I think that's quite important to highlight. Style is everything about who you are as a person. So that involves, you know, what your hair looks like, whether you wear makeup or not, if you're a woman, what accessories you, you carry with you and how ultimately you are as a person. That all comes down to, to, to style and what kind of style personality you are and some people are maybe in other people's eyes more stylish than others but that's just the Training and education that we have, but it's really important that people do think, Oh, I just want to go and change my style and I'll change my clothes, and it doesn't just work like that, it's a whole process, um, that goes much deeper than, than just what you're initially wearing.
0: It's true because it, it feels like an aura kind of a thing around the person, absolutely. So it's, yeah, it's very difficult to put the kind of like words on it, but it's true, it's not only the clothes you're wearing. Yeah. And, and what is it to be a stylist? How does it look like a standard day in your agenda?
1: a standard day well I think the first thing is there's no standard day they're <laughs> all very different um I uh I have to say I have to be very organized and the my weeks tend to be I block out days to do certain things so for example I know on a Sunday it's one day where I meet up with a client that I meet every single week um I catch up in emails I know a Monday is my one day where I do all my social media I do all my marketing I do all my uh, like newsletter plan my social media content it's the day where maybe one week I'll be in the studio filming my next lot of YouTube channels Um, Tuesday and Thursdays tend to be client days and Wednesdays as my free day to maybe coach clients in the Stanley divine business Academy so I have it all kind of, there is no typical day, and that can change. Like last week we got an inquiry in, um, you know, it was like 4 p.m., and, and it was, um, can you get three more stylists and take 10 players out from Leicester City Football Club in the U.K.? And that was the next day. So it can be, or, we know, we have royalty flying in. We need you for two days to do this. So it does... Um, it does vary, but I I do like to have some sort of plan or else the week just goes. Um, but true. you have to be flexible; like it really can be. The fact that you, know, this you are
0: organized actually allows for those kind of changes without disrupting totally yeah. your business.
1: And, and things have to be written in, and I find if they're not written in my diary and they're not planned out in the in the week, because I always plan everything on a Saturday for the rest of the week, that I just don't get them done. Um, so you know, it's it's. It's key, like this week, for example, is different. I've got two master classes that I'm doing. Okay. I'm also trying to balance that with family that are coming out visiting mm-hmm. you as well. And we had the Dubai World Cup. We had yep. the British <laughs> Polo Day. So it's like, it's intense, but I love it. And um, I would be very bored if I didn't have a job that allowed me so much creativity uh, and freedom at the same time as well.
0: And how did it all started? How you became a stylist?
1: Well, I started my career in retail when I was really young. So back in Scotland, um, I worked in a department store. I loved it. And then, you know, as you do it sort of 20, 19, 20, you decide to take time out and travel and work out what you want to do. And that's what I did. And I knew when I came back into the sort of, um, you know, full-time work, I, you know, I lived all over the world, it's very fortunate. Um, but I came and settled in Dubai. I was an air stewardess with Emirates. And I decided I wanted to get back into the worlds of fashion and retail and style. And And that's when I decided that I was like, okay, this city could use a personal shopping service because I was always chatting to passengers when I was traveling, and I'd be like, "You need to go shopping here. And you need to do this, and you need to do this. and Dubai was really that was two thousand and five, and it was really at that point of exciting growth. And if you had an idea, you could make it happen. And it was it was a really exciting, special time that I don't know if ever will be repeated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I decided to launch Stanley Divine. We were the first personal shopping and styling business. And our initial sort of target was, tourists people visiting dubai that didn't know how and and where to shop but that quickly progressed on to people that lived in dubai who were maybe unfamiliar with there's a lot of british stores that are here and americans were visiting and they living here and just didn't know and for those that are maybe listening you know not living in the uae and um, it's a much dressier culture so a yes. lot of our lifestyle happens in five-star hotels and that is a lot to do with the fact that you know that the licensing laws so if you're socializing in the evening you'll socialize in a hotel rather than going to somewhere else so there's always events going on there's always something happening so it meant that people needed clothes for it so there was a big gap in the market to help Women, and interestingly, we were chatting the other day that um, a large part of my clientele is now males mm. um, who just don't have time, are not interested, would want to save money, save time. I'm going to go with a top stylist and, and go out and shop and do my seasonal shop, and that's what we do. So,
0: because men normally don't want to go to the malls and all that, they, they get bored,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they have no choice, they don't want to, yeah. Um, So, yeah, and now what's happened is again, and it goes back to sort of the very days. So, I I style up a select number of clients now mm-hmm. and and I have a team of stylists that I work with so any VIPs that come in I will do the styling with them but mm-hmm. my major focus is expanding the network of stylists out there and 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 growing their confidence because I can't style everyone yeah. but if I can train people to style yeah. then the sort of legacy of making people feel great and being able to accomplish things in their life is so much bigger so um, the, the days um, are now filled with inspiring others to be able to do that too.
0: Yeah. So this is how did you, how did you decide to go beyond and go into the education, start the methodology of Style Me Divine? Mm-hmm. And that
1: basically came because from YouTube, actually. Oh. So many people were asking me questions on YouTube. Oh, I see your videos. Like I'd done a few, but not done a lot. How did you become a stylist? And I thought, well, if I create an ebook and answer all those questions that right. people were asking me, then. That would make sense. So I did exactly that. And then I thought, well, I'll make it an online course. And then mm-hmm. I made it into a masterclass. And now we've made it into um, a 12-month program. It's a coaching program where we can support stylists to go from having the idea to having a fully operational business that earns money and this is my big focus is that too many people that have an idea or I have this dream I want to work in fashion I want to help people I want to style people but they don't know how to make money from it and this is what I want to do is show them that it can be a job that you love but it could also be a very lucrative career and you just need to know the steps and that's kind of where the steps kind of came from. 'Cause they were exactly the steps that I took. I just put them all down on paper and mm-hmm. helped them get there.
0: These are the seven step styling formula?
1: Exactly. Oh. Yeah. So and I like and I, I see it happening. I've got stylists that's happening too. They they're following the seven steps and they're getting results. And that's what I want. People to get results. That's amazing.
0: You're also the author of two books. The, one of them, the first one, is called Success in the City.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: You interview successful entrepreneurs in Dubai. After all the interviews, what is the secret recipe to success? (laughs) Because you are a successful stylist and you are very business-oriented. So I think this actually, this first book, maybe, I don't know, gave you the foundation to see like, okay, this is, styling is a business. It's not just a
1: hobby or fun. It has to be
0: something I can, I have to be able to live out of it.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's the whole thing. Uh, I'll come back to that that question there about what was the secret to success. So just remind me there. But I think that's one thing when people come to start a business that I've learned. People who don't have a fallback, they have no choice but to make it work. So I basically left Emirates with over 100,000 dirhams worth of debt because that's what I used. It was a loan to start my business. I had no choice. There wasn't a it's not going to work. It has to work. So I invested in making it happen. And I think, you know, so many people dabble and they're like, mm, hasn't worked, hasn't worked. And when people dabble, it doesn't work. Right. Okay, you need to go for it. You need to financially commit. Like a lot of people say to me, oh, but I don't want to pay for a trade license. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make that investment. Make that investment because when you've made that investment, you work twice, three times. It's <laughs> hard to make sure that the, um, the investment comes back to you. So... That's something that I've learned from sort of just dealing with people when they're at startup phase and not just in fashion. I mean, we're talking in business in general. For me, inspiration is one of the best forms of motivation. So if you can inspire people to take action, to do something, to follow their dreams, to me, this is the best thing. So that was the whole kind of ethos behind that book. I think what I've learned from that Success is a very interesting word. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always equate, and a lot of people equate it to to finances. I don't think that directly has a correlation in my life now success is the sort of the whole package it's doing a job that you love it's serving it's giving back it's yeah, but don't get me wrong earning a, a good uh, income of course. that of course is one aspect to mm-hmm. it it's spending time with family it's coming home to my beautiful house it's success to me is all of those things mm-hmm. and ultimately remembering that this has been so crucial for me over the past six months is it's about the journey not the destination and a lot of people get really caught up about when I get there or when I'm happy or when this is here, then then everything will be okay. And this is not how we work. Success is that kind of ongoing project.
0: It's true. And you have to keep on working on it because you can be on the top and then, then just a year after you can be...
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> it's, it's, so true. It, it's,
0: a, it's an ongoing, it's a journey. It's a, yeah. yeah, absolutely. How do you attract new clients, Kelly?
1: I think it's, you know, I did this on the webinar the other day. I, I, once a month, I do a, a webinar for mm-hmm. stylists that are starting. And marketing was is one aspect that I talk about because that's what everyone wants to know. How do you, how do you get clients in a new business? Right. And I think the secret is it's not just one thing. It's not just one way. It's a multitude of different levels. So if you imagine sort of like the pillars to a building, or t- imagine a table, okay, and you've mm-hmm. got the table legs, the more support it has, the the, the better it will be so it's about it's about finding different tools so for me marketing and getting new clients involves um you know being out in the public meeting people networking doing events that's one thing it's about maintaining contact with the people that I have already shopped with mm-hmm. um, or styled, or who've already been in a webinar um, so it's um, updates from newsletters it's my social media and people think it's all about social media it's not it's just one very small part mm-hmm. of a bigger picture and a bigger pie um, in the very early days I did a lot of competition I mean ultimately Word of mouth is going to be your best, your best. Um, especially when a service is personal. Okay, if something is personal, then uh, people want to hear firsthand how the whole experience is. So um, you have to. It's, it's constant. It's that hustle, hustle, hustle all the time, mm-hmm. and it's tough. It's really tough, and people get frustrated after three or four, or six months, or so it hasn't worked, and it's like. Or people will say to me, "Oh, you're so lucky." You know, you know, you've just had all this success, and it's like it takes ten years to yeah. be an overnight success. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's I love true. it.
0: And you work very hard for it. So <laughs> nothing comes free. <laughs>
1: yeah. Nothing comes easy. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> You're you mentioned um, social media. What do you mm-hmm. advise when it comes to Instagram?
1: I mean, I think Instagram is great. It's my between my my two most popular um, social media platforms are instagram and youtube Mm -hmm. so youtube from the educational part that people want to know how to become a stylist so that's a big focus for me for 2017 being with the Stanway divine business academy Mm -hmm. it goes hand in hand with youtube Um, but instagram is fascinating because a lot of people now are interested about um, how you can influence other people and it's something that i'm really enjoying working with Mm -hmm. new brands working with um I say new brands or established brands to to help you know grow their social media reach but to do it naturally and authentically like I would never work with a brand that wasn't something that embodied me because that you I think you are your brand on social media So Um, Mm -hmm. so it has to be so and people know I'm really honest and I think I hope that it comes across the other way that when you meet me it through does. social media, <laughs> through social media, it's the same thing. Like, you know, I don't Photoshop and we t- tune my pictures loads. It's, it's just uh, it's not my style. It's, it's like it's real. This is what you're going to get. Um, and, and I'll tell you how it is. And some brands like it. Some brands, you know, might not. But so far, it's worked really well for me. So it is important. Instagram here, people are really interested in, mm. I think. Especially the industry that I'm in, it's pretty pictures, it's style, it's fashion. So Instagram works really well for me. It's not really business, business. If it was in that case, it might be LinkedIn Mm -hmm. might work better for you. So it really is, uh, it it really does depend on what you're doing, but it works incredibly well for me.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You also used to have a podcast and also recently you did a TEDx. Oh, I love TEDx. How,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> how did that opportunity came about and how did you prepare for it?
1: Uh, well, um, so years ago, maybe three or four years ago, I read a book called Talk Like Ted. Yeah, And I always believe it's really important to kind of keep learning new skills. And I've always enjoyed public speaking, but to do a TED or a TEDx talk was like always there on my bucket list. Um, But I sort of set the intentions that it was like one day I'll do one. Don't know how, don't know when, but one day I'll do one. And then again, it was a friend that I've known in the Middle East for, you know, maybe 15 years. She um, was a teacher, and she says, "I know you were." She contacted me last January, and she said, "I know you are a really good um, speaker. We would love to invite you as part of our TEDx Jess campaign that we do every year. It's um, we pick three personalities from Dubai, and we have three students that do um, a TEDx talk. The theme this year is time. We were wondering whether you could focus this around." fashion or whether you had something personal you would be interested in and the date is April and I have to say you know I I was really like whoa it's kind of I really believe in the law of attraction so I was like (laughs) "I
0: was actually (laughs) thinking you were already sending a message to the universe I want to be in a TEDx talk
1: (laughs) exactly so part of me was you know was like yeah amazing I'm totally up for doing this but also I actually thought about it because it's a huge amount of work, having read that and talked like Ted, that it takes. You know, more than 100 hours to prepare an amazing keynote for something like that. So I did think about it because, you know, you have to turn down quiet. Like I, it was a lot of work, but I'm so glad I did it. In the end, um, I chose a topic that was about, you know, it was about time, but it was about what we have, the time we have left and what we're going to do with it because it had really propelled me and my life and, and it was really personal. And there was one of the, the tips in Talk Like Ted was they'd said, Whatever you're going to talk about, if it's personal, then you're going to remember it, and it's going to be more of an impact. Yes. And per- perhaps in the the links, you can um, have a uh, a link to the the TEDx talk so people yes. can watch it. Yes, definitely. I've I've also done how I prepared for my TEDx talk um, on my uh, blog page, so I'll send you that as well, so you that can would be amazing so for anyone else. It was. And even since then, so one of my, one of my biggest sort of, I wasn't scared, but one of my security blankets was always whenever I do a presentation, I always have notes. I I have a teleprompter when I do my TV shows. Like it's always been something that's been like, you know, your security blanket. And something happened after I did TEDx. And it was one of the major reasons why I agreed because you're not allowed notes in a TED talk yeah so you have to you have to talk from the heart or you have to talk about something that you know really a lot of which is why they say do a personal story and I I swear after I did that I don't know the confidence that came from doing that that's why it's great to push yourself and doing something that's out of your comfort zone because it was um, and after then I've seen my presentations get better I've become mm-hmm. even more natural and um, my TV shows now I don't need my teleprompter I because I know the stuff like I've done you know 15 years of it I know it <laughs> so it was it was a great
0: thing really was
1: fantastic
0: I can tell you, you are an amazing, amazing communicator, definitely. I, I was wondering, like, this is, this is coming out of the teaching, out of, you know, like, because you you network a lot, and you're very natural on it, but you, do you get, uh, like, training on it? Like, did you got maybe a coach or something of the sort, or it was just, like, yourself preparing and trying and doing it over again and doing it over again until you were happy with the results and you felt, like, secure and you feel confident about it,
1: or... Yeah, abs- The latter part. I mean, I have to say, on both parts, I believe in having a coach. So yeah. uh, I always believe there's someone that can help you in business. So in the past, so I've been in business twelve years. I've had, um, I've been part of four or five different coaching programs. So I'll maybe do it for a year and then I'll take six months off and then I'll go back into it with new goals. So for me, coaching is a huge part of um, becoming the best in what you're doing. And even the even Tony Robbins like he mm-hmm. even has a coach he's amazing um, yeah i heard recently that I, brendan bouchard coaches uh totally open so i think you all need that in in the world but i would say yeah if it's something that comes natural to you then it is practice I mean and I started young and I love people so that kind of comes across and makes that side of business a little bit easier I'm terrible with detail Um, and my VA always has to double check everything I never read invitations properly I've turned off on the right so for me I'm all about people and fun and this and that and when it comes to detail 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 I need support in that and that's through coaching that's helped me sort of realize that too
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's go back to style how would you define your own personal style
1: because mm, it depends on my mood oh. very much depends on my mood because um, I love dressing up like I love it mm-hmm. Um But I think just style in general has evolved. So when I was styling 10 years ago, I was always very dressed up, taking clients for um, styling and shopping. But I think now it's acceptable to wear sneakers with dresses and, you know, it's become much more fun and playful. So... I plan my outfits as much as I can, but I do very much uh, change them and then on the day, it just depending on how I'm feeling. So you'll see me like yesterday, I was super dressed up. I was at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. The day before, I was at the polo, like really dressy. Um, and today, I'm wearing tracksuit bottoms and I have no makeup on. So again, <laughs> it's all about balance, but it really does depend on how you feel. So it's it's mood dependent. It's girly. It's fun. It's um, fresh. I would define yeah.
0: it's like fun and fresh.
1: Yeah, and and, it's, and and I love supporting the local designers here. Mm-hmm. And There's always that little bit that's different. So whether that's an accessory, I love ear cuffs, um, I'm redoing the choker again, like mm-hmm. I did in the 90s. Um, I have, uh, I love shoes. So I'll, I'll wear a lot of high street clothing, um, local designers, I'll mix it with designer shoes. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of everything bit of everything
0: and do you adapt it when you travel to LA UK or when you are in you Dubai? Because
1: yeah, I mean there's always that element of your style that goes through like I love skirts and tops right. like uh, that to me so I wear a lot of those but you know when I go home to the UK if I'm going to Scotland like it's not dressy and you know, it's cold mm-hmm. so <laughs> there's a lot more you have to think about I'm certainly the more dressed up person walking around the high street shop like you know, along the high street so to speak but um Uh, But yeah, you have to And LA has its own style. It's very laid back. back, uh, Yeah, yeah. and it's, you know, casual fabrics. What I found interesting about LA was that I always needed a jacket. Um, I found the evenings really cold. Um, So it was all about sort of layering because the daytime is really hot. But by sort of when the sun goes by six, like you would need some kind of, or maybe it's just because I'm used to Dubai. Maybe (laughs) if I was living there on a more permanent basis, it would be different. But naturally, you do need to adapt it. And there's this thing that you might have heard that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. that's on all senses. So you're the average if you're around, you know, loads of business people, you'll be naturally drawn to business, but it also affects in clothing. So if you tend to find, if you look at who your friends are, like there'll be a group of friends when you go out with them, you might be more dressy. And there's a group of friends that are a bit more casual. So you do start to adapt your style based on who you spend time with. So that's really important.
0: Mm. How is the process when styling? How much in advance do you need to be in the picture? Do you interview your clients to find out what they like or about the band that they want to dress for? No,
1: it's very much about... The first thing about being a stylist is you need to be a people person. So, okay, you need to be able to pick... styles for them but you know a lot of people are nervous so it's not about interviewing it's not about it's about getting to know them as a person Mm -hmm. and what they want what's their lifestyle and how can we achieve that look it helps by being able to start in their wardrobe Mm -hmm. and see what they have already and be able to pick items from that um and and then from there it's going shopping getting them to try on things you can talk about style you know all day but until (laughs) you start trying on and seeing the effect it has on you it's not real so it's very much about seeing what they have in the very beginning their um their clothes their style they already have and then you can make a decision from there as to what you need to get and create a shopping list
0: and when it's a magazine shooting for example like creating Um, a concept how much time in advance you need to prepare for it
1: it's it's very that's very different kind of styling it's something that i've done in the past it's not something i particularly enjoy because i miss the people element right um so Uh, you and, and for anyone that's starting out it's very much like go and shadow someone who does this and you'll start to learn that it's not glamorous at all um the preparation that you have to do can be a week it can be 10 days to prepare mood boards to get ideas of styles um you're collaborating with an art director um you know so there's a lot more that goes into it yes your creativity um but it's also based on, on what you could even take longer, you know, if you're dealing with international brands and getting pieces flowing in, it really does depend on what kind of shoot you're mm-hmm. actually doing. Mm-hmm.
0: All these that uh, stylists have access to clothes from the stores. How does it work? How do you present yourself to the shops and gain the trust for them to lend you the clothes?
1: So, yes, you would need to produce a letter. This would be something that you would liaise with the uh, marketing team or PR team. They'll quite often be external. So... Again, okay, it's all about relationships, but you do need to say who it is that you're um, working for, maybe how many publication it's going out, is it just for social media? What are they going to get back in return? That's what's important. Will they get stuff back in return? Um, will the brand that's going to borrow it? So, uh, And then you have the relationships and you start building up from there. So it takes time. You can't just go into a shop and borrow, mm-hmm. unless you borrow unless you buy and you refund Mm -hmm. that's the alternative
0: and uh, I feel also you you guys the stylists have to be a bit psychologists like did it ever happen to you that you have a beautiful woman in front and she's not able to acknowledge it or that they are going through depression and it affects their own perception
1: oh so much so Mm -hmm. I mean I would say yes it has but this is what we do we and this is the, the wonderful thing about clothing and style is you really can build someone's confidence up through clothing that they, they wear. So you're very, and this is when I go back to it, it's sort of like a style coaching piece. You know, you're, you're coaching people to feel better about themselves and that's why I think you need to be a people person. I know quite a few stylists who wouldn't style real people because they don't enjoy that that people side you know I could say to this woman oh you look beautiful or, or this really works for you and she go but my husband doesn't like this color or this doesn't work because it reminds me of this or or they're just so down about themselves yeah. and it can be quite draining mm-hmm. but you give all their energy to you and the results I've seen like that's why I'm still doing it 12 years later mm-hmm. love, it. <laughs> love it love it love it
0: is it any different when the person you're styling is a celebrity
1: No, no, not at all, because it's just a person Person, at the end of the day, day, right? It depends what they're looking for. Um, Because sometimes when it's being celebrities, it's just sort of one dress we're looking for rather than a whole makeover. Um, Or certainly, you know, we're here in the Middle East. But um, even with royalty and stuff, you know, I have some really lovely royal clients from Saudi, in Dubai, and um, they just. Normal people that want to have fun and and value your opinion. So no, no difference.
0: <laughs> and what are your favorite style icons?
1: Ooh, interesting. Um, uh, there's so many out there. Like I, I refer a lot to. Well, we talk about sort of style personalities. I love um, Olivia Palmero. I always love the way that she pulls together her style because it's a little bit creative, but it's still kind of really nice, classy pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I I always love whether people like it or not. Always think Victoria Beckham looks really classy, um, and I like her style. Yeah. Um, even though I don't see her in jeans very often, um, <laughs> I do uh, I, I do like it. There's so many. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of someone. Some of the sort of the, the local um, you know social media influencers. I think I've just got a a massive. Um, an impact and i love following them you know there's so many on on instagram i'll maybe leave a couple for you in your your um page that you can say of some of you know my styles that i like following Mm -hmm. i'll I'll, um, do some research and send you some handles that uh, these are some of my favorite kind of style people to watch and follow
0: that would be amazing thank you (laughs) no problem and can you give our listeners some advice on how to have great style like three
1: little tips Well, first of all, I'd say it's all about planning, you know, as much as it's great to wake up and pull an outfit together, time (laughs) doesn't always allow for that, so plan. (laughs) I think if you work out what your style personality is, that's another great tip, so, you know, once you really understand what your style is, it makes looking for pieces much easier, because you're like, yeah, I can work that, because that is me, Um, and yeah, it's really think about what I was saying earlier about that you're the average of the five people you spend the most mm-hmm, time with, mm-hmm. because once you're aware of that and who you're friends with, then you'll start to understand where your style, and, and if you like it, whether you know you want to stay that or you want to make a change. Kind of like difficult to
0: define your own style, like myself, like it's difficult. But then I ask my friends and it's actually it's, it's eye-opening because they will tell you, clues and or they will people yeah. go shopping and say oh my god i saw this this is so you and it's like really yes, and yes, then they send yes, you a yes. picture it's like
1: yes i will buy that it's <laughs> exactly. a huge element to it as well so yeah, ask your friends ones you trust and one styles you like don't ask the other ones <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> and when you're doing wardrobe uh
1: or cleaning yes. the closet
0: what criteria you follow to see what is to be kept and what is
1: to go is understanding how clients get ready so what we do tend to find is clients have wardrobes um, all over the house so it's trying to streamline they're trying to streamline how they get ready I think one of the best sort of tips on wardrobe editing wardrobe weeding you could do is um, separate your wardrobe per category mm-hmm. and not per style So pair category would be you have your going out stuff, you have your workwear stuff if you're working, and then you have your casual and weekend stuff. Um, Then once it's in category, once it's in uh, the, the lifestyle category, then you can separate it through style. Oh. This way, it will allow you to see what gaps you have in your wardrobe. So, clients will say, Oh, I really need weekend stuff. And then, actual fact, they really need work stuff. And that's where you can really identify your gaps. So, that's probably the best tip I can give for the process of um, wardrobe editing.
0: I need to do that because I have it by colors and it's not working.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Um, Kelly, our time is up. How can our listeners and readers get in touch with you?
1: Well, we have a couple of options. Like, I'm really active because we've talked about it on social media. Mm-hmm. So you can find me on Instagram at Kelly Bloomberg official. Um, we also have um, and the courses. How come you yes. enjoy
0: your courses?
1: The courses are all on the business account. So if you tune in to stylemedivine.com, so it's S-T-Y-L-E-M-E, D I V I N E D-I-V-I-N-E.com. All the courses are on there. We've got great Instagram account for inspiration daily on what to wear, and that's it Styled by Divine, um, and we're on all the platforms for that. So yeah, you want to chat to me personally, check out Instagram and for booking all the courses and just finding out a little bit more, uh, get subscribe to the newsletter get your free gift you know the travel planner is really useful um so yeah that's how you can reach us
0: through instagram actually i get to know about the webinar and all these things that you do so it's really good to follow you on instagram because over there you always put the notes like hey this is coming up this is coming up thank you so much for the interview kelly thank you so much
1: you're, (laughs) you're most welcome it was a pleasure and i just say be inspired and follow your dreams yes
0: that's what we are doing here, following our dreams. <laughs> thank you so much, Kelly. You take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this was today's podcast. I want to thank you for listening to Dubai Fashion News. No matter if you are in Dubai or not, we are here to share fashion stories that will help you understand better this industry. I hope you liked the interview and everything Kelly has shared with us. And I want to thank you for subscribing to the podcast and for rating Dubai Fashion News with five stars on iTunes. This is super important for the podcast in order to rank well and get more visibility. Thanks to you guys, our objective to bring the fashion world closer to everyone and share and learn insights from the fashion experts as possible. We also have to announce the winner of the previous podcast with Toby Meadows. He wrote a book, That is like a Bible for emerging fashion designers. The book is called How to Set Up and Run a Fashion Label. Tavi left uh, with us a copy with a beautiful message for the winner of the giveaway. And now, and the winner is Ambrin Umair. She sent the email with the right answer on the 28th of March. Congratulations, Ambrin. We will be getting in touch with you to deliver the book and uh, well remember to subscribe to have every 15 days a new interview in your feed if you have questions a topic if you want us to bring a specific fashion expert or if you want to come and be here with us please send us an email to hello at dubai see you in the next podcast